0: welcome to the tim hill podcast if you have the time you can not only listen to the episodes but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below thank you the tim hill podcasts ordinary peoples extraordinary stories welcome to the tim hill podcast in this episode i'm going to have a chat with christine so christine if you can tell me when and where you were born. And then if you could describe what it was like where you grew up, the schools you went to and the education that you received.
1: Good morning, Tim. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So You're I nice was welcome. thank you. So I was born in nineteen sixty-five. Um, great year for cars. Um, so um in a town called Allentown Pennsylvania which is about 40 minutes northwest of Philadelphia I was also close to New Jersey so we okay. would go- Oh yes Jersey Shores oh. Don't go to New Jersey. <laughs> You're a little off on your accent there, but that's okay. I won't hold it against you. But that's my
0: best Archie Bunker.
1: <laughs> Do you want me to oh. try my English accent?
0: Don't go to New Jersey. Right.
1: <laughs> All right, love. Can we get on with it now, please? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm teasing, honey. I'm teasing. Um, so childhood. So um Altoona, Pennsylvania. Um, actually, grew up in a littler town called Fountain Hill, which is was just a small town. I don't remember a lot of my childhood, bits and pieces here and there. Um, elementary school was. Um, I remember nap times. <laughs> I I remember the little boy I had a crush on in, in kindergarten, first grade. Um let's see. And then So what was he like? He was brown eyes, brown hairs, and just cute as all get up. He really was. He was just cute. <laughs> I had the biggest crutch on him. <laughs> 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 I remember his first name was Bobby. That's what everybody called oh. him. He was called Bobby.
0: So, so what was the street like where you lived? What, what was your house like?
1: Fountain Hill was awesome. I love that house. Um, it was your typical North row home. Um, there was a detached garage that dad did his mechanics and did his shop in and all that side stuff that dads do. Um, I can remember going up the, Backstairs, and there was a huge porch that when my fondest memory um was when we had thunderstorms dad would take me out on the porch and we would watch the lightning and hear the thunder and that was that was my quiet time with my father that was those were precious moments for me i love spending time with him there take um quiet time with thunder yes yeah, I, right. <laughs> well, it, it it has traveled with me throughout my life because anytime we have thunderstorms, no matter where I am, I have got to open a door and go out there and and be with nature and be in that moment that I would be with my dad. Um, they were they were that special to me that I I loved. I'd sit on his lap as a little girl, five and six years old, and he'd have his arms around me and, you know, I'd be sitting on just the one leg and he was my world back then as a five year old. And we would just watch the storm, you know, and it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful.
0: So what was your first school like?
1: Well, like I said, elementary school was, um, I don't remember a whole lot of it, I do remember that they were building another school, which was what they called back then an open concept school, um, which means there was no walls, no rooms. um, And they ended up tearing down the old school. I have no idea why Um, the open concept school was. (sighs) I, I liked it. I remember being able to see all the other classes, all the other students. Um, basically, they were separated par- by partitions. Um, yeah, ki- elementary school was, was good, and then that kind of went into middle school. Um, middle school was... Go ahead. So
0: so just looking at that elementary school then, so if it was... If we- I guess if it was open plan, and they just said glass petitions. They weren't glass, they were cloth. Cloth. hmm So, yeah. So <laughs> didn't the noise just put you off of, of, of trying to actually hear a teacher uh, or anything like that? Well, <laughs> it the... like a
1: <laughs> because it was a new concept and because the students were going in there, I think we we just knew to keep our noise level down. Um, There would definitely get moments where things would get loud or, you know, children would get excited as we do as children. And um, we just knew that you needed to keep it to a low rumble, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) But cafeteria, when it was time for lunch, all hell broke loose. I mean, you could, and it was funny. I remember it being downstairs And almost there was, there seemed like there was access to the outside, and then you could go to the playgrounds. It was almost like an underground garage, but like lower level, if you know what I mean, if you understand. Um, So, yeah, between the echo and the walls and the concrete, yeah, cafeteria got quite loud,
0: (laughs) quite loud. <laughs> so moving on slightly then. <laughs> <laughs> You're moving up then. So moving out of elementary. Okay. Middle school. What was that like?
1: Middle that school? Town? No uh, no. Um we had moved by then. Um my I think it was fifth grade. Fifth grade is when we moved from Allentown or Fountain Hill to um, another little town of southern Lehigh, um, Coopersburg, that type of area, farm country, um, a little bit of Amish still mixed in there. It wasn't quite central Pennsylvania where the Amish really were, Lancaster area, but we still had those farm towns. Um, Middle school was, it was Hopewell Elementary. I'll never forget it. I I don't even know if it's still there. I haven't been there in many, many years. Um, That was, I liked that school. That was fifth grade. And then sixth, seventh, and eighth was um, Southern Lehigh. That was middle school and high school. The middle school was somewhat across the street from the high school. Uh, Middle school was... Pretty uneventful. I mean, uh, I never really fit in with any crowds, whether it's middle school or high school. Did you have to go on? <laughs> yes, yes, we did ride a bus. We Sorry, did ride a bus.
0: Yellow ones, were
1: <laughs> oh yes. A big scary driver <laughs> I mean, all the rest of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I don't remember if the driver was scary or not, so I'm going to presume that he or she wasn't, since I don't remember. Um, but yes, definitely the bus. Uh, You had to. It was rural country area. Our Mm -hmm. closest neighbors, when we first moved into what we all refer to as our farmhouse, not that we had any farm animals other than the nine dogs and 16 cats and whatever else I could bring home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That made it a farm. (laughs) Um, But then the closest neighbor was a quarter of a mile away. I mean there really weren't neighbors around. I, my backyard was cornfields and like never ending cornfields. Yes. So
0: you can yeah. make as much noise as you like and never upset the neighbor, neighbors.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. From shooting BB guns, riding three-wheelers back then, uh, you know, snowmobiles in the winter time. Oh yeah, we made noise. <laughs> we made noise.
0: Yes. So you had a lot of snow in the winter then? We did. We did. Did that mean that um, you were able to ski to school if the bus didn't turn to? No, we did not ski. Um, there were areas in Pennsylvania
1: for farther north that we could go to ski resorts and things like that, but not right where I grew up, no. It was boots and chains on, on the wheels, Um and hopefully, you prayed we didn't get ice storms. <laughs> of course, as kids, we did. Well, of course, as kids, we did. You know, because if the power went down and the roads were all icy, school was closed, and we could be out there with our sleds and toboggans. <laughs> That's what we liked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what was uh, what was your favorite lesson in middle school?
1: Oh, I loved. Science and social studies.
0: Those are my favorite classes. Ah, uh So what was it about social studies that intrigued you? History. The history of things.
1: Knowing all those places that we came from that you could explore. It was the whole world was at your fingertips. I loved it. I loved it. I love learning. So even at 57, I still
0: love learning. So, what period of history Ooh. took you captured you? I think back
1: then it was um, that Civil War era. That mm-hmm. because that made me go, "Why? Why are we fighting each other? We're supposed to be together. Why? Why are we fighting?
0: What yeah, brought that this? That was about? after you fought us, wasn't it?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. I guess, I guess you're regretting having your independence now, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, are we are we going to talk politics? Because I really don't want to talk politics. <laughs>
0: no, we're, we're this,
1: <laughs> this country is so messed up right now, Tim. <laughs> you you guys over there have got to be going. What are they doing? <laughs>
0: yeah, we we got a similar problem just at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there you go. <sighs> so, yes. History. Yes. So the American Civil War. Yes. What was it about the American Civil War that, that really captured your imagination? Which which kind of bit was there?
1: I don't know if there was any one thing. Um, and I don't want to get into the politics of things, but... We have to know history so that we don't repeat history. Absolutely. I I I understand because I, I read the history on it. I understand the the emancipation of slaves. We should have never had them, but it happened. And and we can't change that history, but we can learn from it. Um, Taking down statues that are erected now, you know all throughout the out the south is <laughs> I think is ludicrous, quite honestly, but that's my personal opinion, yes, that's my personal opinion. So
0: So did you get to see yeah. um, gone with the wind?
1: I'm sure I did. I just do not remember watching it. (laughs) It's just one of those.
0: It's it's probably because she was asleep for most of it, because it's Uh, a four-hour film. I know. I I thought it was a Western.
1: Right.
0: I thought it was a cowboy film. Um,
1: Well, I did watch a lot of John. (laughs) (laughs) I did watch a lot of John Wayne and... um, Clint Eastwood movies growing up so I
0: think we yeah. all did yes yes <laughs> so crossing the street then yes to junior high or high school to high school yes what was that like high school sucked
1: excuse my French sorry <laughs> How good, huh? yeah yeah yeah
0: so, um, so what was the worst subject in high school Math, 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 math,
1: <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> why do we have geometry and trigonometry and calculus? And why? Why? <laughs> people
0: need
1: to do it. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. I just never... Yeah, it's funny because my all three of my children are very intelligent. My youngest one is probably a math whiz. And he will not do any and I say youngest, but he's thirty years old now. Um, but he will not do anything with his math skills. That is not what he's an electrician, although he puts them to use. Oh yeah. Absolutely. He's an electrician yeah, and he can, can, <laughs> he can. Oh, yes. Like and, well. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, when you're cutting wire and installations and distance and length and yeah. width and uh, yeah, he's a he's a math genius. He really is. Um, I was hoping he would do something more engineering like, but he chose his path. He loves it. He's a great electrician, but. Mom, no math. No, I can count change really good. I can do it the old-fashioned way. You know, you give me a 20 and I'll count out 19, 20, 21, 22, you know, to
0: make a dollar. Make change. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the most I don't... important part about math <laughs> is understanding uh, how much money you've got. Yes. How little you've got to, exactly. to spread. Exactly. So did you... Did you do any of uh, the theater studies or was you a musician in I high school? wish I wish I was, but no, I did not. I did not.
1: Um I think I would have made a great actress. I have I'm a Gemini, so we have that ability. Um I have, you know, at least two personalities in me. So <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I did not. I did not. I wish I wish so- I would.
0: So you stayed with the sciences during high school then?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I, I loved home Mac. I loved my typing class. Um, I can even tell you my, my typing teacher's name. It was Mrs. Herzog, and she was an absolute wonderful teacher. And we're going back 30-plus years, oh. 40 years. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so, so you can put your hands on the, on the keyboard, close your eyes and go A-S-T-F.
1: <laughs> I I could probably do it in my sleep, yes. So, oh yeah. So
0: you can still touch type then. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And not not the finger, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely all 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 the
0: digits. All the digits. Wicked. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what um so Although it sucked, what was the the your favorite class in high school? <laughs> Which did you excel at? Detention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's not. now that I was. See, I was a really good student. I. I <laughs> because of some of the home issues that were going on and being the eldest child, I always had to excel. I always had to, to try and get the best Absolutely. grade. Dubai. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I had, I, again, it would go back to, you know, geography, social studies, um, the history. Um, I did take home that classes. I did take a, um, a, um, um uh woodworking i actually made a three-tier plate stand that i gave to my mom and had for many years thereafter that's how good it was <laughs> um i'm a i'm a hands-on type of person so i like when i can stimulate not only my brain but my hands so those were the classes that i liked those were the ones mm-hmm. that that resonated with me at the home ec the sewing the cooking um do I cook now? Oh hell no. <laughs> I love to cook but not for one. So. <laughs> um but those were the classes that I liked. Those those classes mm. the math. Um they were kind of like I'm not going to use this. So, you know, I don't I don't need it. I don't like it. Um what were some of the other? I don't even remember the other classes. I loved reading. I loved going to the library. Those were those were things that I enjoyed
0: doing. Mm. So, mm-hmm. did you graduate from high school with any honors at all, or did no. you just scrape through? With it?
1: <laughs> I didn't do the honors, but I didn't scrape through. I did. I did right in between there.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Absolutely, I do have my diploma, so. <laughs>
0: Have you got it framed up on the wall?
1: Oh, hell no. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you where it's at.
0: It's <laughs> down the toilet, then.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure my mom had it somewhere, and she has since passed, so I have no idea where it's at. I, mm. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, at this point in my life and for probably the last 10 years, that I, I know who I am. I know how smart I am. I know where my limits are. I don't need a piece of paper to prove it. And I've gotten other pieces of paper after the high school diploma, so it's like been there, done
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from high school then to okay, college. I did.
1: I did. I did. I, did. I, um, I went to um, Northwood Institute in Midland, Michigan for three years. Um, I studied hotel restaurant management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, at some point, if I remember. Oh, yes. You're probably going to ask me my best class and my worst class. I hated law. I hated law, well, had to t- <laughs> which is funny, Tim, because early on in my childhood, I wanted to be an attorney. <laughs> when I got <laughs> to college and had to take those law classes, mm, no, no, no. I was like, no, mm, no, no, this is not for me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I did go for hotel restaurant management. I absolutely loved it. I had my, my dream back then was to... Um, to graduate and go to Vegas. I wanted to work at one of Steve Wynn's hotel casinos. Um, obviously, you know, not not anymore because he's had his issues, but um, that, that was my dream back then. And that was, uh, let's see, I graduated high school in 83. So from 83 to 86 is when I went to college.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. what made you take that particular course? Did you did you have ambitions of, of, of actually going into the the hotel and restaurant industry? I did. I
1: did. It was something that. Um... When I turned 16, and this is where it went back to, when I turned 16, of course, I I went to my dad and I was like, look, dad, I got my driver's license. You know, can you get me a car? (laughs) And of course, being from the North, and this is what we're taught is, you know, he basically said, honey, if you want a car, you're gonna have to work for it. So I did, I went to work and I worked at um, at 16 years old and I absolutely loved it. I went to a place called the Ponderosa Steakhouse and it would be equivalent to nowadays a um uh, like a ruby tuesday okay but it was it was not a big chain it was you know a small town kind of thing but i loved working there the first the first job other than working for dad um it was the first job outside of that that I enjoyed but being the first one you know the the latest employee and the new hire you're always put on the bottom of the totem pole and back then the bottom of the totem pole was to work the salad bar and everybody else hated the salad bar, right? Working the salad
0: bar. Be- oh, it could have been worse. <laughs> it could have been on Pan Bash. <laughs> right. I mean, dish like pan bash, right? <laughs> some dishes.
1: Right, right. I've done that, though, and I actually enjoy doing that. So... <laughs> <laughs> But I I take pride in everything I do. So, um, you know, working the salad bar, uh, you know, after a few weeks, my manager came to me and she said she actually said, nobody in this restaurant has ever kept the salad bar clean and stocked the way you do, Christine. And, of course, that was my cue to go, great, put me on the floor. And she's like, (laughs) I don't want to lose you at the salad bar. And I was like, (laughs) okay so if you bring in somebody else I'll train them how to do the salad bar and if I train them to do the salad bar as well as I do can I be a waitress on the floor she said okay so that's what happened I trained the next person it's just you know small business that's what I do that's where I was and even at 16 I was learning to be A little entrepreneur, so to speak. (laughs) 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 So yes, I've always worked at restaurants. Um, Not always, but I'm I'm varied in the in the jobs that I've had. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy conversations. I enjoy asking the questions and getting people to open up and have conversations. And I enjoy seeing them smile, even if it meant at the salad bar at 16 years old when they're coming up to the sneeze guard going. And I can hear the conversations. I'm on the other side. going, oh honey, look at everything stocked in the salad bar this week. You know, <laughs> it, that kind of gives you a good
0: feeling. You know, it does give you a buzz. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you did that through your high school. Then that—that's what drove you to go off and and do your college course in Michigan. Yes. So, what was your first job when you graduated college?
1: Ah, well, you presume I graduated, but I didn't. You flunk <laughs> no i didn't i didn't <laughs> i didn't flunk and i didn't drop out well i somewhat dropped out but what had happened was um, during my third year i actually met my first husband and throughout that time um, he was in Pennsylvania he worked for my father I was in Michigan obviously but I would drive from Michigan to Pennsylvania to come home and then of course when I met the future husband and the future father of my children I um, would make the drive you know back and forth and of course on one of those drives that's when my first child was conceived and it was like oh well here I am now pregnant and I'm in a relationship with this man, and I, I did love him back then. Um, he he ended up fathering three children. We had 20 years of, okay, about 15 years of really good marriage, 20 years together. Um, so yeah, life kind of threw a little a little zinger, a little zinger in there, a little curveball. Yes.
0: So that corner, Scott, but your um your college course then. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, what did you do? Have a baby, I guess.
1: Well, I got married first. That was kind of, you know, I, there I was, you know, standing at the altar, seven months pregnant, getting married to my husband.
0: With a shotgun.
1: Um. No, my dad really liked him. It was. It was lucky. I was lucky. <laughs> dad liked him a lot. <laughs> he he worked for my father, so <laughs> he, he was on the good side. <laughs> um. He um, no it was it was a it was a good wedding. It was a good marriage. Um, like I said, for the first you know 15 years we had we had our we had our whoa, uh, the first five years were definitely um, definitely a struggle, a battle, a, a challenge is what the first five years were. Um, my first child was born. Four years later was my second, and 13 months after that was my third. Um, in between there, I had... Obviously, I was seven months pregnant when I got married, so it's not like I could work. Although I always worked, I always found something to do. Um, I think is that's when I... No, I think it was after my first child. I did go back to work after, after the first one was born. Um, the first five years of our marriage was not pretty by any, any, any sense. Um, that's when now this is the 80s so my first child was born in 87 so cocaine was huge back then and unfortunately we got into that scene so through the first five years and through all three of my children I was addicted to cocaine so it was not a pretty time it was not 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 a good start to a marriage is it (laughs) no
0: So what but, did you do to, um, to break that cycle? Well, <laughs> I didn't.
1: Um, because the, the cocaine habit got so bad, um, family saw it. They knew it. They suspected. So <laughs> what happened was I was actually in the hospital delivering my third child. I mean, actually going through on the table, legs in the stirrups, head is crowning. And my OBGYN came in and said, um, Christine, I understand we have a drug problem. And of course I'm, I'm going, I'm pushing. (laughs) So, I mean, it was, it was probably the worst day of my life, but the best day of my life when I look back on it. Um, well, one of the best days of my life back then. it You know, when I when I realized that basically my mother had called my OBGYN when she knew that I was delivering my third and, you know, like I said, everybody suspected they tried doing that, you know, back then it wasn't called an intervention, um, but they tried to consult, you know, confront us with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously drug addicts deny, deny, deny everything. It, does, it didn't happen. It doesn't, it, it doesn't exist. So um, it was, it was, it was challenging. Um, they took my son away. They pretty much held him for ransom, um, held him as hostage and said, until you agree to sign these papers, that you're going to get help and go to rehab, you can't see your son. Um, like I said, it was the worst day of my life worst day ever. Here I was forced to, I had already stopped using two days before he was born was the last time I used. Um, granted it's only two days, but, and I know what, what remember, I had gone through my first child, I was addicted to cocaine. My second child, I was still addicted to cocaine. She ended up, my middle child ended up having health issues at at nine months old. Um, I mean, I, you know, all that still didn't stop us from, and all the other things that I could tell you in between there. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it was the best thing, but I didn't realize it at the time. So I agreed, I signed the papers. Um, you know, his his father, my then husband, couldn't see him. I mean, it was it was tough for us. It was, but it was a wake up call. It was you know divine intervention coming in and saying, "Okay, you need help." So, so what happened was. Um, my mom and dad were actually living in Florida while I was in um, Pennsylvania. She made the trip to come up. Um, She had already been on her way, which I didn't realize till after the fact. So she came up to Pennsylvania Basically, you know, you know. After a few days, I went home, and you know, obviously, I can't breastfeed now. I have DCF coming in, Department of Children and Families, coming in daily um, to check on all three of the children, all three of the living, you know, or all of the living situation to make sure. Now, one of the things is, as much as I was a derelict mother and a really bad mom and addicted to cocaine, I never made. I never. I never abused the kids and I never sacrificed any of their wants and needs. Okay. I always made sure they had fresh food. We didn't eat, but they always ate. Mm -hmm. They always had food. They always had formula. They had diaper changes. They had diapers. They had baths. I mean, I took care of those kids that they may tell you different someday. I don't know, but I know what I did. (laughs) So um, mom came up and um, within a few days, we were kind of, packing things up and she shipped us off to Florida. We, we went down to Florida. She took care of a brand new newborn baby plus a 13 month old plus a four year old while I did my, um, outpatient rehab for 30 days. And it was, it was tough. It was tough, but I, I got clean. The kids didn't suffer too much other than, like I said, some things, you know, that my daughter had gone through, um, but it was, it was, like I said, it was as much as it was the worst day in my life. I know it's obviously so you never want to admit Certainly when you're giving birth that, yeah, there's a problem, you know, and, <laughs> but it, it turned out to be the best day. It was, it was one of those that looking back on it, I can say, and I, and I have that. Thank you mom for, mm. for being strong and being tough and doing
0: the right thing when I needed it. So did you manage to stay clean after?
1: For a while. <laughs> for a while.
0: <laughs> you, you actually sort of slipped back into old ways. Right?
1: When you go through N.A. or N.A., one of the things I taught was, was taught um, was that you only trade one addiction for another. Hmm. So uh, we... The, hus- the then husband and I and the three kids, we had been doing very well. We got back together. We moved. We ended up moving from Pennsylvania to Florida uh, a few years after um, going through rehab. We've both gone through a rehab. He, he did his rehab in Pennsylvania. I did mine in Florida. So we moved to Florida in 92, I think, 92, 95, somewhere around there. Um, you know, we were doing well. We had jobs we were working. We were providing for the family, doing the whole family thing. Kids were good. It was a great little town when they were little. Um, You know, there was no way for them to get into trouble with, you know, anything that was happening up north because the town was changing up there. Um, We were staying clean and sober. Um, We didn't even celebrate. I mean, we had we had no intention of trading our addictions, although we didn't know what our addictions were. And I certainly didn't know what my addiction was. I think I I think I turned to work. I think I became a work workaholic instead of a drug addict. Um, So we did for about 10 years. We stayed clean, maybe 15, 12, 15, somewhere around there. And then a new year's hit and New Year's Eve. And I think that was my turning point. Um, And it was one of those, you know, let's just have a a glass of champagne. We've been sober for 10, 12 years. Um, You know, we haven't, we've been good. We've been doing great. (coughs) Excuse me. And that was the wrong attitude <laughs> um it it got worse from there little by little um one of the things you're taught also in N A N A AA is um how's the saying go one drink is never enough i'm sorry a thou- one is one is too many a thousand is never enough Mm -hmm. If you're an alcoholic or any type of drug addict, that's, that's our saying. Okay. Because it was like we had for me and I should say, I, not we, um, it was like I had not stopped for those 10, 12 years. All I did was I traded my cocaine addiction to alcohol and it didn't stop. It, it, it went from that one night, New Year's Eve, drinking one glass of champagne to the, you know, picking up a bottle a week or so later of, you know, I don't know. I was never a beer drinker. So, um, you know, who knows what it could have been. And from there, it progressed quickly into um, rum. And then at some point I... I um, Jagermeister, which is I do not recommend that to end I know, right? Okay. But this is how you know you're a full
0: Medicine, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. This is how you know you're a full-blown alcoholic. When you can drink Jaeger straight from the bottle or in a little shot glass, you're done. You're an alcoholic. So yes, my name is Christine. I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> you know. Um, and from there it just it it put a big toll on our relationship. Um the kids were getting older. Um, we were drinking more. Uh, as, I, as I said, it was like we never stopped. We picked up right where we had left off from 10 years, 12 years earlier. It was not pretty. Not pretty.
0: And that's when it all started going Pete On, was it?
1: Mm hmm. Yes. 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 And we were doing quite well. We had we had moved the kids into a bigger house. Um, their father built an in-ground pool. Um, kids were doing great. They were in high school. No issues with them. Um, I never had any problems with my kids. They were up. Okay, I shouldn't say that, because all three of them have had sets of stitches. They put mom through hell sometimes, but not intentionally. Um, my eldest was stung by a scorpion, bit by a coral snake. Uh, my daughter was bit by a dog because she loved on him too hard. <laughs> okay, uh, My youngest one has had, oh, in preschool, he had two sets of stitches, one because he was running, slipped, and hit a bookcase and ended up, you know, cracking open his head. He needed like seven stitches there. Second time in preschool, he um, was playing around in the bathroom, experimenting with going to the bathroom and going pee and slipped on his own pee, hit the toilet and needed another set of stitches. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, they've definitely... You know when 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 grandparents tell their children, um, you know, I hope your children are just like you. Yeah, my mom got her wish because my kids, my kids put me through hell and back. They've they've been yeah. My my eldest would jump off the roof onto the trampoline. I mean, he's he's a little daredevil. He still does it today as far as daredevil stuff. So yeah. Um, what was the question? Because they were they they were. They were a handful, uh, but they were really good kids. Really good mm. kids. I mean, they they were they were great. So yes, they were doing very well. Um, you know, we had we had done well with our own lives and our own businesses and things that we were involved with. Um, we had, you know, we had. I wouldn't say disposable
0: income, but we were doing all right. We were doing okay. So when did the all okay, come uh, come crashing? Down? <laughs> Uh, I don't think there
1: was one defining moment um i think as 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 normal couples do after so many years, like, like I said, the kids were in high school, they were doing fine, they were okay, they were taken care of. Okay. Um, we had taught our children to, same thing my father taught me, if you want nice things, you have to work for it. If you want this, get a job. Um, my eldest was always very entrepreneurial. Um, my other two were right behind him. They they knew the 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 good morals that that we wanted to instill and it got to a point where that husband and I we just I think we just grew apart um he's I will never take this away from him he is an excellent father always was probably always will be he's an excellent father just not all that great a husband I kind of got you know I mean and not to say that I was a saint by any stretch of the means I was not a saint but I think we just grew apart and um, I wanted to do things I wanted to go places we could afford to do it um, he did not want to do the same things I wanted to do he wanted to make sure the kids were taken care of I'm like they're in high school they can they can dress themselves they can feed themselves they can come and go the, you know one of them drives They're fine. Let's go do things. Let's, you know, let's be a couple again instead of parents. Um, And it it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And unfortunately, my addictive personality and my faults, um, I was the one that stepped down on him. And that was the the straw that broke the camel's back, and he found out about it. And basically, I had a few hours to just get all of my stuff and get out of the house. And rightly so, I can't blame him for that. I mean, I I was wrong with what I did. Um, I'd be the first one to admit it. But it it was it was those little things that led up to that, and then certain things, and then we just we just knew we. <sighs> I wouldn't say that today we're friends, (coughs) excuse me, but we do talk to each other. Um, If we had any issues with the kids in between shortly after I left, we we knew we could go to each other. We knew that we had to stay parents. Um, We never did the, You know, your father did this. Do you know your father did that? He as far as I know, he never, you know, my kids never said anything. He never did. Well, your mother did this. Your mother did that. Um, we tried to be the bigger persons in the relationship we we tried not to put our kids through any other b s um than they had already been through i mean it was tough enough even for them being teenagers and I say you know like fifteen actually they were they were seventeen they were like 17, 18 and, you know, 20, 22, 23, somewhere in there. So they were, they were older. They were on their own somewhat, but still living in the house. Um, it affected them without a doubt. I mean, here's, you know, their whole world as much as it was not a great world with what mom and dad. I mean, we were, we were getting drunk every night. You know, as much as you know, I'd have dinner done and you know, the kids would be done, and my youngest was still in high school. Okay, you know, do you have homework? No, no homework. Yeah, okay, well, whatever. But they had their friends, and but I always made sure again, I always made sure that they had you know, clean clothes, clean bathroom, you know, food, good food on the table. And then after we were all done, the the then husband and I would start drinking and we'd pass out drunk without a doubt. Without a doubt, It, it was not a beautiful you know family life by any stretch of the means but it wasn't all that bad I mean the kids were they were okay
0: they were okay yeah so what did you do then when you left <laughs> I went on a bender I went on a.
1: <laughs> I I. I went on a bender. It was bad. Um, from everybody that I was seeing, dating, you know, had relations with. The drinking got really, really bad. Um the choices that I made were not real good ones. Um the situations that I put myself in were not desirable by any stretch of the means the drinking and driving that I was doing which I did finally get caught for um it was it was a bad time I had attempted suicide twice in in between there because the mental condition and state that I was in was it was not good it was a very dark place that I was in and, and where I put myself in that time it was downright ugly, Tim.
0: <laughs> and we'll imagine. So how did you manage to drag yourself out of it then?
1: Well, I guess I have to ask what you mean by drag myself out because I really hadn't.
0: <laughs> oh, how did you get to where you are now?
1: <sighs> More pain and suffering and a lot of healing. <laughs> In beto- what happened was... About two and a half, maybe three years after my or during my dark ages, um, a gentleman came into where I was working and um, long story short, we in about 11 months, we ended up married. It was great till it wasn't. And um, when I say it wasn't, he was not only narcissistic, psychotic, but he was an abuser. And when I say an abuser, I mean every sense of the word, physical, emotional, mental, verbal, sexual, psychological. He was an abuser he, he, a control freak, a narcissist, he was bad. It was, it was bad. Um, obviously it doesn't start out, no. you know, abuse. If it starts out with, or, or the physical abuse, it starts out with, um, the little subtleties that when you think you're in love and I probably was, I was, Um, When you're in love, you go, okay, well, you know, maybe you just had a bad day at work. You you try and make excuses. Um, It was, it was, it was rough. It was a rough six and a half years. Um, And it's only been, so I married him in, met him in 2012. We were married in 2013. The divorce was finalized. I kicked him out in 2018. The divorce was finalized in May of 2020. During COVID, it, it was bad. Um, the, the court systems back then were, it was bad. Um, so it's actually, my healing process actually only really started maybe maybe a year ago um, we're in July. So July of last year actually was late June is when, um, my house sold in Florida. And I thought, you know, my kids are grown. They're okay. They're on their own. I don't have to stay here. Where do I want to go? That's why I moved to Tennessee. So really my healing actually really started about a year ago. And, Really concentrated on that healing about seven eight months ago. So it's only been within these last less than a year that you see this wonderful, beautiful lady in front of you.
0: Well, I wish you every every success to um, to, to stay on a the <laughs> straight and narrow. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. I, I do appreciate that. I That's that's my goal. That is my goal. Absolutely. Because you know what? This side of truly being healed and sober um, is so much better than what I ever thought possible. So much better.
0: And that's something you have to remind yourself every day when you get out of bed or you wake up in the morning. <laughs>
1: Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Instead of going on autopilot, yes, take that moment to to be grateful yeah. for what you have and that you did yeah. wake up. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, uh, and mm. and if <laughs> if you get to a stage where, God, I need a drink, well, just give yourself a slap. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't <have> drink. <laughs>
1: Well, the you know, it's funny. I, I went through AA and NA way back. And when my son, my eldest one, he kind of had his little dip and he ended up having to go to AA. And we were in AA together several years ago. I was reminded of um, think the thought through. No matter what it is you're thinking at the moment, think the thought through now, whether it's related to my alcoholism or anything else in life that I'm dealing with, think it through. You know, I mean, there are so many lessons in AA that I wish everyone knew because it would make the world such a better place. You know, as simple as think the thought through. You know, if you think you want to commit suicide, think that thought through. If you think you want to date this girl or guy, think the thought through. You think you want to change a job? Think the thought through. Where is it going to get you? What are the possibilities of where it could take you? Think the thought through. I mean, it's just it's something we should all know.
0: We we have a similar sign. It's a step back and have a condor moment and a condor moment is uh, <laughs> it was a TV advert for, for, for a, a cigar or something like that years ago but it was take that condor moment it's just step back look at the situation yes and then appraise it and make the right decision yes um I mean, that's something that we learn in the military. It, that's where that that came from. Is take that Condor moment to, to look at the situation you're in, make a plan, and go forward. Um, yes. Well, yeah. you have had a bit of a. <laughs> a, a, bit <laughs> of a <morning>. You think?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? It's it's made me. I don't. I get asked this all the time if I have any regrets about, you know, things that have happened in my life from, you know, I mean, the, the physical abuse was bad, you know, everything from, you know, clumps of hair pulled out. I had a broken wrist from a rubber mallet, three cracked ribs, gunshot wounded head, um, the physical, they heal. Okay. Yeah. But I, 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 as I stated, I, I, I'm asked, Do I have any regrets about my life and things that I've done and places I've put myself into and the people I've married and the situations that I don't, I don't, because it has made me appreciate and love this true life, one life that we have. It has made me this this woman that I am today so that I can share with other people that, you know, as much as it may be, a, you know, a, a bad situation, find find the best with it. Make the best of it. There's, there's a lesson to be learned in there. And sometimes, you know, with the kundal moment or, you know, just find that lesson and and learn from it. Take that step back. You're right. Take that step back. Yeah. Be proactive instead of reactive. You know so no I I have no regrets. I love my life. I really do. I love my life. I've got yeah. I've got a great dog, two wonderful cats, three beautiful children, two absolutely beautiful granddaughters. So, life is pretty good. Life is it's it's pretty good on this side. So, where do you see yourself
0: going from now? Then, oh,
1: honey, I got plans. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and I go into the, the hotel and restaurant. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Honey, I got a degree in life, I think, <laughs> and this from the school of hard knocks.
0: Oh not that school! You're right.
1: <laughs> um, no, I think I was given a gift. Um, I had spent almost a year in the hospital and died on the table twice. I met my archangel Michael. And he whispered in my ear, and I have given, been given this beautiful, I have, I have, I should have been dead so many times, Ted. It's not even funny. I've, I've tried to commit suicide four times, survived, all, you know, them. Um, can I, can I give you a bit
0: of advice on that? Please don't do it again you know
1: <laughs> exactly i you know it's funny because i i actually say you know <laughs> did i fail or did i succeed at committing suicide <laughs> and which one yeah, which failed, one, I, I did didn't i that's that's don't my rubbish, thoughts. Do <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a reason i'm here and and i didn't know this up until about 6 months ago um my reason is that i i am now an advocate for women against abuse and and um domestic violence. I have to. That has to, I have to, I have to, it's it's my mission. It's what I'm guided to do. It's it's my path in life now. I have to make sure that other women are aware of the signs, the that there are options. Um I am a coach for it. I do coach, you know, women of abuse. Um, I try to help as many women as I possibly can to not be in the situation that I got in. And if they are, there are options. We can get out, we can do better. We can, we can change this. And, and, and the second part of that is that we have to teach our children we have to teach them. We have to, we have to break this this cycle. We have to teach our girls and our boys how to and it really comes down to communication. Um, and it's not just with here, it's here. and body language. and you know we have to teach that. We have to teach our, our, our children and, and today's society that this is unacceptable, you know. So so my mission is that I will I will I will speak this word and speak this this mission for as long as I possibly can and to get to as many people as I possibly can.
0: So how can somebody get in touch with you mm. if they're going down that sort of path? thank you um the best way is where i concentrate right now
1: is in facebook so it would be facebook.com forward slash sassy coach christine and that is s-a-s-s-i and sassy stands for strong assertive smart sexy and independent and i believe that that you know not only are we strong and independent not only are we beautiful women inside and out but we are all of these things in one. And I believe every woman, and especially a woman of abuse, that essence got so squashed and, and, and stomped on that they need a little extra help to get that. But I'll coach any woman that wants it. We are sassy. We're sassy.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, but, yes, the, the best place is Facebook. Either look up my name, Christine Malik. You'll find me there, and there's links there. Or Sassy Coach Christine.
0: Well, Christine, I think that has been real, real, I that, um, uh, and, a, and a really, really incitive chat. <laughs> thank you. And an inspiration as well.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: No, you're, you're most welcome. Oh, I love stories like this. <laughs> I they're, they're a bit gritty, but.
1: <laughs> oh, you have no idea, honey. <laughs> Part two of my life will be writing this all down in a book, which I'm working on, so.
0: Fantastic. The Tim Hill Podcasts. Ordinary people's extraordinary stories.